We have received word that the DMA has moved. It is now days away from Navarre, Titan, and Earth. Very awesome. Comes down. It's my constitutional duty to inform you that I'm transferring power to the vice president. Yes, that's right. Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 10, The Galactic Barrier is over. But we're just getting started here tonight on Live Long and Podcast. I am Dave Mater. We're coming at you with Star Trek TV and movie reviews, streaming here live on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitch, as we do every week when a new episode of Star Trek comes out, in this case, Discovery, as they continue their fourth season. Um, I'm Dave Mater, if I haven't mentioned that already. I'm joined tonight with Adam Woodward. Uh, as hey. I have been all season long. How are you doing tonight, Adam? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's good. That, that episode was about as exciting as the world politics these days. Hey, Ms. Michael. Yes. And joining us also, we have Michael Chan, Discovery's own Michael Chan from episode eight, All In. Uh, he's looking a bit tired. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Can't hear you. He is tired. Very, you're very low. I am. Yeah. Is that better? better. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, wife's sick. Yeah. You're so feel, taking care of two kids. Yeah, she's under the winter. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Ashley Millard not able to join us either. She's also not feeling well. Seems like it's oh, going it's around. It's going around. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. But um we're glad we're all those of us who could be here tonight are with us uh welcome michael welcome um adam and uh myself i guess um and we're gonna be breaking down this episode the galactic barrier as uh as we were coming off this season uh there's the, the dma coming out of uh, last week's episode where book and tarka were about to stand down until tarka destroyed the controller at the heart of the dma and then uh the dma just comes back uh for that cliffhanger at the very end more powerful and more uh, aggressive than before and so the you know there's uh there's kind of like two plot lines in this episode um there's what's going on in discovery and them trying to go on the first contact mission and then you have book and tarka who are sort of following along but they're kind of they have to go get some uh programmable antimatter uh you know which i guess makes sense if there's programmable matter there might be programmable antimatter uh that they need to, in order to get out of the galactic barrier because they they, they still can want to continue their rogue mission to kind of take down the dma with uh sort of outside of what the federation and starfleet and all the other people are doing um so anyway uh let's go to michael first how michael how'd you enjoy this episode I actually liked it. It's uh, slower paced, but I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. I uh, also enjoyed the whole Saru uh, Tarina thing. <laughs> Saru and Tarina are they're starting to heat up this romance, although it's it's stressful times. You know, Navarre is under threat, uh, as we find mm -hmm. out by the end of this episode tonight. And uh, so, you know, and uh, is Tarina a Vulcan or is she a Romulan or is she both? I can't. I don't really remember. I thought she was a Vulcan, but she, she's she can be quite. Uh, uh, she seemed quite shooken by the whole revelation uh, that Navarre is under threat. Is you know is understandable. Adam, how I did what did you think of the episode? I right off the bat, I liked it. I I when David Cronenberg's in anything Star Trek, I love it. It started great. Uh, I I knew I would be getting into it right away just because of the way it was opening. And damn it, I, I like Tarka again. 
You like Tark again, so he's won you back. Yeah, I, I think that this episode did a lot to sort of redeem his character. I think that yeah. the because uh, he's only been referring to this person that he um, has he's been trying to get to, trying to get to home, this other dimension, uh, and we get to see that in the flashbacks tonight. Oros, uh, as played by Osric Chow, who I believe has played some other characters he's, on the uh, show. Kevin from uh, he's Kevin from uh, Supernatural. This Kevin from Supernatural is that who that was? Mm-hmm. Okay, was I was like, I know this name, Osric Chow. Um, so he, okay, but speaking of supernatural, uh, there was also, uh, and I kind of uh, put this in the chat, uh, Dr. Harai we meet in the very early scene here as uh, as the Federation Council, I guess. They're kind of talking about the first contact mission, what they have to do, the fact that translators may or may not work, Kovic says, you know, like you're your bias um and uh, that dr harai was on supernatural just in one episode but it was very memorable i have a clip here guys um dr harai this is from about uh you know 2010 i would say uh it's quite the clip here sorry for what he was cock knocker or no nutcracker <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and he does the 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 whole like. <laughs> All right, that's enough. But um, anyway, so so uh, Mr. Mr. Um, uh, Dr. Harai is played by Hiro Kanagawa, a Canadian Japanese uh, actor um, from Vancouver, who uh, is now this Dr. Harai in this episode, uh, who we don't get a lot of in this episode. But basically, we're told that he's there because uh, Kovic, David Cronenberg's character, cannot go on this first contact mission. He has something bigger, more important to do than this. Doesn't tell us what it is in this uh, in this scene, um, but uh, it's 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 apparently important. What did you guys uh, think of all that? Like, I guess this a this new character, and b what does Kovic have going on that's more important than the DMA in this first contact mission? Really? Well, he when he was challenged with that, and he said, "What could be more important than that?" And he said, "Let's keep it that way." <laughs> yeah so, there he is in his the patch that was in front of him is which show is that from picard the um, the other badge the badge on the table when they had all the universal translators and and things that he said that they always used to communicate kovich had uh a uh starfleet badge from i'm pretty sure that's uh picard era Anyways, oh, um, I, I I didn't get a great shot of it. Um, they 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 kind of just they have them on the table and they're saying, well, well why would we just use I'm our curious translators? If that was a hint at what he's working on, could be. Like we don't we still don't even know what Kovic's job title is. Nope. Like you I know, like uh, I like that they're keeping it a mystery. I guess so. Um, Eventually, like, you we're know, going to get something. I'm pretty sure. Right. But we get Doctor Harai. Here he is, uh, and, and, and while we're while we're doing yeah, it. good Asian uh, uh, East Asian representation this week, so I'm really happy about that. I cannot. 
Nazi nutcracker when I see him now. But, um, you know, it's, it's such a, a great thing. But, uh, yeah, like so they, they talk about it here. We got Je the general here uh, from Earth. Koye, is that her name? Um, anyway, so they kind of they, they do. They, they have this whole scene about how they're going to go. Uh, and then we have we have a, a later scene where the Federation president, uh, President Rillick, she says to Admiral Vance, I, I need to inform you that I am transferring powers to the vice president because I'm going on this mission myself. Um, it's my constitutional duty to inform you that I'm transferring power to the vice president. Who's the vice president? We'll find out eventually. Is it Kovic? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but she's going on this mission. She talks about before she was the president, she was a a, 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 a significant diplomat for the Federation. They're top for 20 years for 20 years. For 20 years. Um, and so she needs to go on this herself. Uh, they've made her a pretty prominent character this whole season. So I'm not that surprised by this move. But, um, you know. Here's my question. Is she coming back from this mission? Do you think that, you know, that this is a one-way trip for the president? Or do you think she's going to come back? So it could be. I... Oh, you went? He, she could be a, uh, after, I feel like she's going to have a big role in this, Dave. Like, next, next, we got three episodes left. Um, tonight was sort of, not a cliffhanger, but it was certainly like, Come on, like, like, don't end now. We got to figure out what's going to yeah, happen. Like, what, what's going on with species 10C? Can we get there yet? Can we get a, a, like, a, like a hint? Yeah, I would have pers personally appro uh, approved of a two hour episode tonight. Eh? You know, right? Because, like, most of this episode was spent uh, talking about the mission and then getting through the barrier itself in the case mm -hmm. of the Discovery crew. And then, uh, in the case of Book and Tarka, them kind of dealing with last week sort of the, the fallout between them of last week and uh what they need to do i guess to um you know catch up to discovery and the dma and just to give more about tarka you know as well so they I, they want well, I they definitely wanted to slow that, things right down. we had talked about how we didn't know enough about tarka and now we finally got a glimpse into who exactly he is and what he what he's fighting for it's like right. the writers knew what we were talking about it's as if they knew what we were talking about. Yes, they're like that's what they're going to be talking about the podcast around episode nine. They're going to be saying what's with this Tarka guy, and then we're you know what though that, that that shows that they've guided it perfectly along the way because you know what we were talking about. I mean, I didn't even like him last week. I was tired of him. Get rid of this yeah, guy. Me too. I was. I was like. I. I've. I generally have liked Tarka, and have, have sort of. Uh, you know, other than he has like this driving force to. Uh, to you know to find this person. Um, uh, the the Oros. I, I need to get the name in my mouth here. Um, and you know, I I was more sympathetic to his his cause after this these flashback scenes tonight for sure than I had been at any point up to this. Uh, but it still doesn't justify what he what he's done. In a few examples here, he's not. No, know. but but you know, I I like now we have a background we we know his drive we understand what he's going for and, and and how can you not the guy his his workmate his whatever co coexist or whatever was very likable yeah and uh, oros wanna, yeah yeah oros um, thank you yeah his partner i guess like i don't know how he would is yeah yeah but um yeah like i thought that i cared about 
Oros by the end of this episode. I cared more about Tarka, and I of course, and like much like books, like hey, I would like to see you be happy and find this guy and go off and live in some other dimension and be happy. Sure, but we got other things to do, you know. Like, but mm -hmm. that's not my priority uh, <laughs> per se. Uh, my priority is saving lives, um, you know. And if our if our goals can align, then great. But uh, initially, book was going to just drop Tarka off on a planet. He's like, they haven't even invented electricity there yet. They haven't discovered electricity there yet. But you'll do fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, but, uh, but Tarkin kind of just beats book down with logic in this scene. He's like, you know, uh, well, how are you going to do it without me? How are you going to do this without me? Come on, tell me, hit me with it. Hit me with it. Uh, books just like you're a jerk. You're an asshole. Uh, and, uh, and Tarka was like, listen, there was I, everything that I thought. I thought that that power source was on our side of the DMA uh, wormhole. Turned out I was wrong, but that's science. Sometimes things go wrong. That's science. Hypothesize, test, iterate. Yeah. Uh, and so book, what comes around on him in this episode? I think they made him look very cool as a young man. Like he, he looked the part, you know, it was him. And they, they anti-aged him. Um, I like that. I, I just like that storytelling the history and they did it so well mm -hmm. flipping back from from what it, the room looked like in 20 years or whenever it was 10 years ago versus mm -hmm. what it looked like now like it was just you could see everything there but just old and working and functional versus you know run down and grown over yeah i kept waiting for like the shoe to drop here was like tarka maybe going to um was there going to be something else here that was he was lying about uh, or holding back? There kind of is, because we kind of find out that when he was working um, with, uh, with with Oros, that there was he was kind of working for the Emerald Chain too. He was kind of like this was kind of like a he was kind of a double agent initially mm -hmm. or something like that, right? Is that kind of what we find out? They kind of yada yada a bit here, but uh, that he has a, a tremendous amount of guilt because he was initially he was there to just sort of get to I don't. know, figure out Oros or to try to figure out what he was working on, maybe under their nose. And then he later, you know, came to care about Oros. And then he, you know, he turned, he was going to work on the, the communicator. And there's sort of that, that forgiveness, but he never saw him again after he, uh, Oros just says, you got to go. You need to escape from this prison and, uh, and, and uh, leave me here bloody on the floor. And that's what he does. Um, and then he's, when he came back, he could never find him again anywhere, not just on that planet, but anywhere else. So there's that, that's what, that's what's been his driver. He's like, I can invent the interdimensional transporter, no problem. But the power source is my issue. I can't find enough power for, for the design. Um, and I don't know how they had enough power in that little lab, but uh, I guess they didn't, right? Because it didn't work when they tried to test it. <coughs> he, he thought he did, but he, he did not. So, um, yeah. So just to, in, uh, sorry, go ahead. Even, you know, again, like the, the complete caring. I mean, when Tarka was found out, he, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't know you at the beginning of this. So there's definitely a relationship with Osiris, Osira, pardon me. And, um, <clears throat> but you can see again, he, he absolutely cared enough to stick around and, and help him through, through, you know, the injury and rip the, um, whatever that thing, restraining bolt out of his neck. And, you yeah. know, really great, really great scene. Yeah, like I really like this actor who plays Tarka uh, a mm -hmm. lot. I, you know, uh, uh, his name is uh, sorry Sean Doyle. He's a uh, new a Canadian actor from Newfoundland. Um, he's really great in it, and so you know, like that. I think that that that's 
what we learned about him in this episode, I think, really did resonate. When I was thinking, I watched the episode like this morning, and then when I was kind of processing it again, I was like, you know, like I, I, I've come, like you said, I've kind of come around on Tarka, uh, even after he did all these bad things last week, and he kind of was. I find it interesting that most of the major stuff we've seen him actually do has failed. Yeah, he screws up a lot. He screwed up on the transporter thing because he underestimated the amount of power it's going to need. And then he screwed up on the uh, where the, the location of the power source of DMA was. Yeah, he's That's a little bit two. arrogant and he kind of makes the, a big assumptions sometimes. And he, mm -hmm. he, he go, he's kind of a, a high risk, high reward kind of a, of a thought process. Makes right? me worry about what's going to happen in the future if he tries something big again. This guy does not try little things, though. He's like... Mm -hmm right out there yeah yeah that's where he's not as like i guess from the scientific point of view he's he's not exactly about like you know methodical trial and error he's like big numbers big swings let's do it and let's you know if we're, because he's, yeah, he's when you do good. that bad things can happen too right and yeah they typically cool. do typically if you're not cautious uh, especially in storytelling it tends to uh, always come back to bite them Okay, so just uh, to segue, just a couple things on the episode. Before Discovery departs, though, from the Starbase, we get this scene with, this is Lieutenant Commander Christopher? No. Who, Bryce. One, Bryce. This is Ronnie Rowe Jr., Lieutenant Commander Bryce. And he says he's leaving the ship in this episode. Why was he yeah. leaving? Where was he going? They said that he was working on something with, uh, with the Cronenberg. Oh, he's working with Cronenberg. He's on this top secret mission we're not allowed to know. Well, about. we didn't know if it's top secret. If it's the same mission that Cronenberg talked about, I'm going to assume it is. Okay, I, I'm with you. So, so they're sent. They're sent. They're sending. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm still like trying to learn some of their names after four years or five years almost. <laughs> I, you know, I just knew I knew him, but I didn't know his name. <laughs> I yeah, so. I was like, who's this one? Because yeah. I uh, well, between this like, season, he was replaced by essentially replaced by Christopher. Lieutenant Christopher is the new comms officer. That's his job, right? He was the, the yeah. communications guy. Okay. And so because like, yeah, like he, they don't use this bridge crew all the time or what they each individually, they tend to be very ensemble, right? You know, between Detmer and Awashikan and him and, uh, and, and is it Reese? Reese. The other yeah. one. Um, and I guess there's Lieutenant Commander Nilsson too, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the blonde woman. So, uh, you know, the, so they're saying he's kind of going off here and doing something else. I'm sure we'll see him again, but they're kind of, it's, it's kind of neat that they're giving him this storyline. Will I remember more about him? Who's to say? But <laughs> I hope so. Um, I think they just yeah, exit and, people coming back and, you know, Ensign Tall came back tonight. Yeah. Ensign Tall was back. We also had, uh, well, there's this scene also right after this with, with, with Saru and Tarina. Where he's like, hey, remember when you invited me to dinner? Uh, <laughs> like, I would like to go to dinner with you. Let's do that. And let's, you know, I, I really like. But he made the mistake. He, you know, he, he gave too much away. He could have waited a little bit. Came longer. on a little strong here. But I guess he thought he was going away and might not be coming back. So. Yeah, he yeah. thought he could die. So he's just being honest. Yeah. yeah, he was funny when he was like later on because he, he doesn't expect Tarina to be on Discovery on this mission because there was a, supposed to be some kind of a delegate sent for Navarre. Uh, but doesn't th that person doesn't show up on time, so therefore Tarina decides to go herself. 
uh, they got a lot of important leadership all in this one ship going to the edge of the galaxy and beyond. Uh, but, you know, so a lot of uh, important eggs in one basket. But, uh, you know, she's definitely distracted in this scene. And she's she doesn't like she seems like she's got more in her mind than this. But um, they, you know, they had some nice moments, I thought, in this episode, too. I, I do like these two. Yeah, it's the so, subtle looks they give each other across tables and stuff that the uh, that the editor and the cinematographer and the director decided to focus on, I thought were uh, were very good, mm-hmm. just to keep the yeah. story storyline going. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I was still again, you know, just the other her assistant comes up, you know, yeah, ambassador, we need or president, Mrs. President, we need to speak to you, and there she goes. I got to go. She could have just uh, dismissed the guy for a minute, but no. No, no. I was like, why couldn't that guy go? Why couldn't he be the delegate? Yeah, of ours? I want this to finish here. Why do we need so many delegates? Why do you, like, can't, like, how many? What if that person's just like a handmaiden or something? I don't know. Everybody needs a, a, a delegate, Dave. Every planet. It, is, it seems like you need one for, like, the whole Federation to go. Like, I get, I get like, Rillick going uh, or some, or, or a big important ambassador or, or, but yeah, anyway, so um, and well, at least you know, the Ferengi are there. Yeah, there was like there was a delegate from the Ferengi. They're in like you know like hanging out by the fireplace in the in like the lounge. Oh my god, that lounge! I, I love that. And we've seen that a couple times this season. Like yeah. this kind of this new feel to. Uh, I love the lounge. Yeah, it's it it rivals like ten forward and it's better than ten forward. Yeah, like they got a fireplace. <laughs> got a fireplace. They got a really cool looking bar. The room, the it's a it's a good set. I like it. I can see Lieutenant Chen, you know, playing beantag in there. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt. Yeah, hanging out with maybe uh, with with returnee Ensign Tall, um, Adira's back, and they are missing Gray. Nope. Kind of no, not really. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm happy they're talking about him or her, and uh, that's it. Yeah, like there, there, so. There's a couple moments here with tonight with Adira and Stamets, I guess, like kind of a father-child kind of mentor-mentee sort of uh, thing. I, 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 I father-child. Yeah, like I, I, um, I was mostly, I was mostly come away from those those scenes tonight, thinking they were fine, they're then nice, or they're kind of like. But I was also like. I don't know. It was almost like a distraction in this episode a little bit. Like they needed to bring Adira back, but I wasn't necessarily like super you know, into that. I, I kind of, I, the scene in the corridor with the captain and when Stamets is talking to her about, you know, how happy he is. And, but I liked how they circled back to that because it was an awkward scene. Yeah, there was there was there's, there is I think it's intentional. There is this awkwardness and then you're like, "Well, what's this awkwardness and what are we trying to get to?" And it came down to I guess that later on Stamets and Adira are having that conversation and and Stamets is just like, "Well, my dad was, you know, I'm always he wasn't he wouldn't really reach for me if I was in distress, right? So I'm going to try a little bit harder with you. I'm going to, you know, if I see that you're maybe struggling, then I'm going to go the extra mile even if it's maybe kind of pushing your comfort zone a little bit and you know Dero seems to say fine to that and that, that, that's kind of where they leave it like that's about it really um you know i guess i i my my guess is that they'll pull more on this thread in the next three episodes in some mm-hmm. way but i'm not sure exactly what what so they're trying to get to as they're in engineering i keep 
wait to come back. And we've only got three three episodes to go this season. We haven't we only do we see her or do we haven't seen her? Who? Reno? Uh, Tignataro. Take, they've only referenced her so she's they on the ship her. yeah like so like they're always let you know like last week um burnham said put put nataro on it right yeah um or, not a tarot. Reno. Jet, reno jet reno her character's name yeah. not 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 the actor's name well i mean uh, she's very busy yeah no i yeah. i get she is busy so but please. she's a she's a favorite of ours I, i'd love to see her back that's all yeah, writers, are you listening to us <laughs> is stamets the chief engineer or is reno the chief engineer that's 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 or is, are I they never known? I I I thought it was Stamets, but it, it's got to be Stamets. They're always going to Stamets. They can't go to. He see that seems to be his set, right? That's engineering, yeah. right? And so that's you know, uh, despite the fact that he's a, a science officer, because it's a you know the spore drive is a science. But you know what though? I mean, she wasn't a part of their crew originally. They picked her up along the way, so I think she's just trying to figure out you know fit Where her to in. Fit in. Or, yeah. Yeah. She definitely she outranks Stamets too. She's a commander, and Stamets is a lieutenant commander. Yep. Yeah. But she, yeah. So she she didn't show. She, she's presumably on the ship though, uh, all the time. You know, just uh, in the 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 bowels or whatever. I'm hoping we see her next week. Yeah. So guys, there was a four. There was 14 minutes in this episode before we even got to the opening credits. I thought there it was. Like, I was like that was long. I was like the opening credits are now. I <laughs> downloaded the whole episode. While I was watching that, that first fifteen minutes, so yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It, was it was quick, yeah. Um, and then we had a couple scenes here where well, this is where Saru realizes that Tarina is on the ship, and he's like, "Oh my god, I totally went too far with what I said to her because I thought I was never going to see her again." And now she's like, I'm going to be seeing her every day. We're like, you know, because I think they expect this mission to go on, I guess, for the next three episodes or or whatever. So if this is going to be a, a thing. And uh, Colbert, Colbert is continuing his sort of like he's the he's the hitch. You know, he's the relationship coach here for uh, Saru. You know, he's like, when I met Paul, those big blue eyes, you know, I, I was screwing up all the time. But then I came around. Uh, he is the ship's counselor. 100 percent well, yeah he definitely is yeah. including uh in an article recently written on star trek.com where they talked about the counselors yeah i i think he's uh there haven't been that many really like you know no. uh like sometimes like the, the doctor does kind of play this dual role or, or and sometimes you get like a count a dedicated counselor troy or yeah. an esri dax in that in that position but yeah, no, he's. I, I really like Culber. I really like the, the like the cast. Uh, they most scenes are really good interactions, you know. Um, yeah, and and I'm glad they didn't overdo it with Colbert and Stamets and Adira. Yeah, no, they kind of separated yeah. those two. There, Colbert's gonna be talking yeah. to Saru in this episode, and Stamets is talking to uh, Adira. Yeah, yeah, good character management there. But you know, Michael, I mean, this show. What I I love about it is that you can throw in David Cronenberg for two minutes and you can throw in Tignatero for three minutes and, and, and you get enough of them, you know? Yeah. That, that's awesome. They throw in you for 30 seconds and it's enough. It's <laughs> never know? enough. It's never enough me, man. No. no, we can always, you can always have more Chan, but you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. I just think that I they do, do a, they, they have so many characters out there that they, they just do a good job dropping them in, but not overdoing it. Yeah. 
yeah, I think once we establish these characters, and I think that's sometimes the trouble is like, you know, we were talking about like, you know, Bryce and Awashikin, and they, they're, they're, they're solving that. I think like giving Awashikin and Burnham that separate side mission and all in was really important, right? That was, because that was amazing. now that Mary Wiseman and Tilly is no longer on this show, I feel like there's more room for these secondary characters and these new characters to sort of breathe and explore, um, you know, and then you bring a Jet Reno in or, or whatever uh, where you need to. Um, but yeah, like I think that the, there's like most Star Trek shows, they're kind of making it up, finding their way as they go through the seasons. And, you know, and often like the first season resembles nothing like the last season of, of most Star Trek shows. Like if you look at Deep Space Nine or Next Gen, it's, it's, a, it's a huge swing. Voyager, maybe the exception. Um, all right. So then we go over to the planet where they're looking for the programmable antimatter. This is where uh, a book is just like he's he's over um, uh, Tarka's kind of nonsense. He pulls the gun on him here. He's like, I'm not going any further with you until I figure out what you're what, who you are and what you're up to, because he realizes that Tarka's led him to an Emerald Chain camp. And he's like he figures that this might be some kind of ambush or he doesn't know what's going on. So like the more about like can't. Why am I still working with this guy? Can I continue to work with this guy? Um, is, is that what it is? And so Tarka kind of like talks him down. We, we already kind of, we did talk about the, the, the flashbacks and stuff, but we get to meet, uh, oh, sorry, his character's name is again. I'll know it soon. Oros. Here he is. He's not the, not the best shot, but you know, he, so the, but we meet the, um, the, the de-aged Tarka, uh as well with this i don't know if we know this alien species i think this is a new alien I've yeah I, I don't know what that is but i had no idea that this was uh the guy from supernatural um uh, the prophet what was his character's name again um kevin kevin yeah that's right kevin tran is that yeah uh, yeah, he's he's unrecognizable in in this like his voice. What, once you said that and said, "Oh, it's it's him," and I was like, oh, "Okay, I, I recognize." Yeah, it's that voice, voice, right? Yeah, but they did a great job with this. The hands almost look like I don't know. The hands were very different. Like they, they at times I thought he was wearing gloves, but it's actually more like there's kind of like these bony spike protrusions coming out on the mm -hmm. sides. Uh, so kind of very an interesting design for sure. Um. Yeah, and just sort of like this, this story about how they got to know each other and how they would uh, the, the the brilliance between the two. Because the other thing is that the, these two are exceptionally smart, like smarter than most people in the thirty second century. Um, and uh, you know, they 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 have this whole thing about how they're going to just go to bed, um, uh, reciting like the numbers from the the golden, what was it called, the golden equation or something like that. The, the golden ratio. List the digits of the golden ratio. That's too easy. Five, every third digit. Eight. Three. Eight. Nine. Four. Eight. Four. Six. Four. I don't know. It goes on for a while. Uh <laughs> With those numbers, so that's like that would be like reciting like the numbers of pi or the third every third digit of like pi, you know, from memory. Um, but you know, it was kind of it was a nice touching scene. I I, I do everything about it was kind of like I'm like okay, I, I I'm enjoying this. Meanwhile, back on uh, Discovery, uh, you know, they jump in um, and okay, 
This was the one thing I, I was a little bit unclear about because the rules of the spore drive kind of got rewritten a bit in this episode. My understanding about the mycelial network and the spore drive up until this episode was that it allowed you to go not just anywhere in the galaxy, but anywhere in the universe, right? But they were saying, no, actually, like the mycelial network kind of only goes to the edge of the galaxy and the, it gets very thin. You can't get too specific on location at that point. And beyond the galactic barrier, there is no mycelial network. There is you know, The spore drive is only limited to the Milky Way galaxy. And, I and, did I interpret that right in this episode? I think that's what they're saying, that it thins out at the galactic barrier. Okay. And they... You know, they had this scene too. Crossing the barrier was great. Mm -hmm. Everything right. Well, I think that if they, I think that they want to put some limitations on this spore drive to make not make it so powerful they can just go anywhere. But but I got to tell you that scene where Vance was looking out the window, Discovery goes into you know um, black alert, spins out, and then you see this dead space. You're waiting. You're waiting. It drops in. Just a great scene. Yeah, no, like I, I always enjoy watching the spore drive in action. It's all, it's like, still fun to watch after the even black alert that that sound. Yeah, I love it. It's so cool. Yeah, uh, where's this shot here? Where and and every time you see Discovery, it just looks like such a great looking ship. Yeah, I'm still trying to get used to the detached nacelles. That's still like throwing me off a little bit. Uh, but it's 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 cool yeah like i always the spore drive is a cool device and just like the whole like flippy flippy of it all and uh, i also like when you see like any any star trek episode where you see multiple ships in 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 the in the in space i guess mm-hmm. it always looks so great mm-hmm. here's, here's a little bit of a better shot of it right before it goes into the full spore drive but yeah like they don't really they one thing I would say about the show sometimes is like I think they need to show off the ship a little bit more than they do. Um, do you have the scene where they got to where they were going? Yes, because that's a great shot of it. Like at the very end when they got through. No, no, no. When they got to almost the barrier, nine light years away, where it was. Yeah. Uh... Well, like you're right that this does look expensive sometimes. Here's one shot of them approaching the galactic barrier nice. and all of those uh, different space cells, as Stamets put it. Okay, so, um, Adam, I know from watching the original series with you, uh, we went through and watched every original series episode with my dad, all 79 of them. And there's there's a couple episodes, in particular, there's uh, By Any Other Name, where they did go, like the Enterprise went to the galactic barrier, and I think there's a there's a there's the, the one other one. There's the uh, is there in truth no beauty? They also go there uh, in that episode as well. Um, and it's always presented as like it's yes, it's full of negative energy. It's very difficult to get through. But the Enterprise original got through, and like the Discovery is like 900 years later, and they seemed like they had an even harder time than Kirk did in his day. That was my only sort of like. Uh, I think that they, I mean yes, they could have told the 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 original series story, but it was boring i mean it was you know you could just do it you got through it was a little bit shaky but this was like okay now i really understand there's a lot of danger here it's it's out of energy they have to be very careful and to use the cells as you call them like it was it was awesome just you know they made this scene it slowed the episode down but in a great way they told a story 
of, of you know of the um, the president and and uh, Burnham together. They had that dialogue going. You had this whole like we got to get through this, and it it, it was a, Michael. You said it was a slower episode, and it was, but yeah. it, it didn't feel slower. No, it didn't. But I I, I really appreciated the pacing of it because it allowed us to absorb the information they were giving us in the story arcs that they play through today, especially with the Tarka one. Yeah. I, I did. I did also enjoy that, uh, like that like Burnham and the president have sort of a, a, a chat right before they actually do go on this mission, mm-hmm. just, you know, setting the ground rules because the last time the president kind of t- stuck along, she kind of like questioned Michael quite a bit on the bridge of the ship, like many ambassadors and higher ranking types will do to a captain when they're, tagging along on a mission like that but uh i thought that there was some some good uh you know some important things burnham says here i can't have you questioning my orders on the bridge i can't have you questioning my orders on the bridge and introducing doubt amongst my crew could endanger the ship right like that what 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 is like sort of like it's not just about my ego or sort of like maintaining this allure of the captain that the captain is sort of infallible but that there's actual functional need yeah what shows their relationship has grown through the season which I appreciate. Right. And I, and Michael says, okay, you do the diplom- the diplomacy and you go the delegates. That's all you. And I will run the ship and I will make sure we get there. And that's how we're going to, we're going to go. Right. Um, and then when they were going through the galactic barrier, there was certainly like this whole like desaturation thing that was going on where like all the color was being taken out of the visual spectrum. And they went kind of to this muted uh, color. What did you guys think of that? Go ahead, Michael. I, I thought it was a, a cool effect. That was an interesting take on what it would be like to, to do uh, to go through that barrier. Messes with uh, the way you perceive light. Yeah, yeah. It was until they got inside the the cell, right? And then they, yeah. they then like the light goes back. So because they, they talked about how much negative energy was, and like they, their ship, mm. their shields couldn't really hold very long outside of like sort of like uh, being a, this Trojan horse inside of a. Of the big space cell, yeah. Because like, from 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 our standpoint, that the color change doesn't make sense because no color would change outside of what they perceive. So basically, the camera, that, which is the audience, is is also having its, uh, I guess, colors distorted. So it, it's more of an effect for us if you really think about it. So it's from the perspective of everyone on the ship and what they see. But I thought it was a good effect to have to show us, the audience, what they see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would also like to see what, and again, the crew member on the bridge, the reptilian one with the big eyes, I would love to see what he sees. Oh, you're right. What does his eyes see? Yeah. Lieutenant Linus, uh, the uh, the science officer. I love Linus. Yeah, he's got that very interesting voice. Uh, yeah, he was like, "Oh, there's some big negative energy coming our way, Captain." <laughs> he's, he's been used for like good like comedy in the past. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, right. I'm glad I, to see he's here for more serious stuff too. Well, I always like it when they they don't have hum like humans on the on the Enterprise bridge. I I, I think it's important that they mm-hmm. do that. They started just in the crew. You know, right. like just see, like they. We, I saw one of um, Morn's species, Morn from D Space Nine. Um, they, yes, like it was, 
there was a crewman. I was like, that crew, that crewman didn't come from the 22nd century or the 23rd <laughs> century. Like that, that, that he's joined the ship since that they've, they've, they've come to this time. So like, you know, and we saw that uh, like Lieutenant Commander Bryce there was leaving as well. Right. So like there, there's going to be, I think more and more sort of cr- turnover with this crew until like, I think not too many of the original 23rd century people are going to be left forever. You know, Tilly's gone and, Others have moved on, and new people have come on since then. So it'll be interesting to see what new aliens. Maybe will. Lieutenant Chan came from the past and then joined the FHQ. Maybe, maybe know. you know, who knows? And who's to say that who your your character is necessarily human? Could be another species. Yeah. You know. uh, more more flashback scenes with um, with with Tarka and with Oros uh, that continue here. Again, you know what's like, great about this guy is he just looks kind. He does. Right. Osric has really kind eyes. Yeah. So it was a good it was a good choice. Yeah. No, this was a great this was a good role for him. Um and then we get the oh yeah. So 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 <laughs> well Could after you have they see cr- me in that role. In which role? Our Auras. Oh uh yeah, for sure I could see you playing that. Would did you audition for it? Maybe. Um, yeah. I'm not asking any questions anymore because you'll say I can't answer. Yeah. So that's a yes. Um, but um, but here we get the, the message from Admiral Vance, the hollow communique. He's like, guess what? The DMA is moving and it's headed towards Navarre and Earth. And uh, he says the Alpha Quadrant, but technically sure. Earth is... Earth it's is the Shades of the Borg. They're going yeah, to it's the Alpha shades Quadrant. of the Borg. It's the big threat. The whales are. We got to get the whales to save Earth. Uh, <laughs> we we got to get back in time to save the the things. But um, there's the, the the debate between Rillick and Michael Burnham about whether they should tell the crew or not. Um, I guess but it's the, yeah. I, I again love the love the uh, this scene because it really again showed. I think in all Star Trek, when you when you look at the relationship between the captain and the crew members and all this, and they're on these long voyages and long you know, way far from Starbase, there's a different relationship, right? It just is that way. They're they're with each other 24 hours a day, and you see it in in almost all of the shows where there's, well, I guess all of them, and this explains it so well. You know, I think they tried in Beyond Star Trek Beyond, you know, at the right. beginning when when Kirk was talking about. You know, we're, we're, you know, how many years out now we have, and, you know, you get relationship issues, blah, blah, blah. But they did it so well in this episode. I loved it. It's interesting to see, I think, for me, the fact that, the again, like, I sometimes forget that um, Rillick is the president of the Federation, right? And it's like, you know, and I feel like there's almost like this. She's almost like she's too personable in some ways, or she's like so close to Michael. It's like you know what I'm saying. I'm trying to. I I feel because like Rillick outranks Michael Burnham by so many degrees uh, that there's there, they, they, but they have sort of more of this mutual, co-equal sort of relationship often in their in their episodes together. That I'm just like, well, really, Michael Burnham should be kind of taking orders off of Rillick, you know, uh, but she doesn't there, there's more of a give and take more debate for better or worse but it does um it does sort of stand out to me but yeah i get and i guess that what we found out in this episode too was like just Rillick wanted to control the narrative she's like if we tell the crew then i'm not keeping secrets anymore i don't you know i'm not i'm not it was thinking. an interesting look at 
politics. Right. right. If you really think about it, it's the same thing with our own world, right? Our leaders. Sometimes we find out they don't tell us stuff at first. You know, the, the what what is for the greater good exactly? Well, yeah, this like during question the was pandemic, very right? well handled today. It, yeah. It's, it's it's situationally specific, right? You can't use the same answer for every single situation. In this case, the the better option was made, I think. They have gone out of their way in the season to like, yeah, show us more of like politics and how politics works. Like there was the whole episode where like, you know, Tarina and Rillick had to kind of find a way to bring Navarre back into the Federation that was going to like appease the constituencies, I guess. And like what, mm -hmm. what, and I guess also when they had to have the big vote about what they were going to do about the DMA, right. And how mm -hmm. sometimes you're on the wrong side of a vote. Sometimes you disagree with like the decision democracy has given you. And how, how, you know, I, I, I think... That's way, apropos, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> in the world that we live in right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, you weren't here at the beginning. I said Jesus episode was a lot like today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, I, but you know, when they came to this and they first met Vance, you know, you got the impression that Vance was acting alone. And there really wasn't a president or a democracy or or even a, a structure, but this they right. really evolved that along the way. Here. Yeah, yeah. when you when they first showed up at the Starbase, it seemed like Star Starfleet was there was still a Starfleet and there still was a Starfleet command, but they were definitely uh, were, they were a shadow of what they once were. They were sort of like a skeleton crew or something, right? In season three, because it was like I also felt like the reason why we saw Vance so much last season, outside of just storytelling and time was that I think the Federation was keeping Discovery at arm's length until they felt they could trust him fully. And now, now you know, since the ship and its crew is integrated into the Federation fully, now we're starting to see everything. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and and, and I, I, again, I, I really like seeing the behind-the-scenes structure of what's going on. Like, you saw it again in the movies, uh, Star Trek movies, the original series movies. But really, we didn't see too much of that. You know, when they when Kirk and crew were brought into, you know, to get in trouble for whatever, and then everybody's applying, plotting for them. It was always like some kind of council meeting or delegate meeting or ambassadors meeting. But you didn't see that too much after the movies. No, the movies were mostly action and sort of yeah. a whole different... No, no, it was in the movies. That's what I'm saying. It was in like Star Trek... Uh, th sorry, 3? The whale one? Um that's four, yeah. Four, pardon me. You know, when they came to Earth and they were stripped of their... You know, Captain Kirk was stripped of his admiral, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, even just like when they were having the uh, the, the dinner with Gorkun in Star Trek Six, you know? Yep. Or in Star Trek Six again, when they, at the end there, when the execution was going to happen of uh, uh, the Chancellor and they went down and rescued her. It was, you see that a lot in, in those ones, but never... We didn't see it too much beyond, between. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it was like Babylon Five, there'd be lots of politics and lots of uh, ambassadors, different things going on. Good old anyway. Babylon Five, Dave. Somebody's got to hold the torch for it. Um, anyway, so we get the whole scene here where we see Tarka and uh, I, I will remember his name, Oros. Uh, they were about to use their transporter to go to the wonderful dimension where everything's nice and beautiful and perfect. 
so says uh, Oros. Uh, but the emerald chain interrupts this in the middle, and um, and yeah, this is where I, again I think we find out that Tarka was sort of a double agent for at least part of this this time he was working with him. Of but, course he was. He's just that right. guy. He's just that guy. I would have liked to see Osira again. By the way, I thought it would have been great if they brought her back. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that was. Um, the one, the Lois Lane's niece, right? Uh, from Margot Kidder's niece was was. Osiris. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and so yeah, we see sort of the whole thing. We see them. They got they got their asses kicked. You know, they were beat down pretty harsh. Uh, and we see here, yes, as you mentioned earlier, Adam, that they that they, they got their scars ripped out of their their devices, ripped out with the, the back of their necks here, and 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 Tarka left the scar. He could have gotten the scar, sort of. Healed, but he left it as a reminder. So he's pulling that out. It's like a wire is down into it. I guess that taps into their spinal column or something, right? Yeah. It's what they use to control these prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess they would blow it up if you try to escape or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it's an emotionally charged couple of minutes here uh, as they're kind of going through everything, and then he like leaves them, and Book is kind of hearing the whole story and starting to like Karka, just like we are is kind of the audience here going okay well maybe you're not so bad or maybe we can kind of understand a little bit where you're coming from sometimes um and and that's kind of where they leave that right because they get the the matter and then they they they, they put, go off meanwhile we got uh, they had to do another scene where like they're solving for getting through the galactic barrier because the cell it was something like the cell they were in was going to collapse, and then they had to get into a new cell. It wasn't going fast enough, and so just more problem solving, basically, is what it comes down to. More flying. Yeah, thirty seconds, Dave. Thirty seconds. Is that all it was? No, we had no. We had thirty seconds left of shields. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. it was like thirty seconds left of shields, and they're like, we and they'd get it with like six seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> six seconds to spare. A lifetime. A lifetime. It was like they they usually always cut it right to right close on purpose, you know? Um, and so they get through the mission. Uh, Detmer gets them, flies them to the other side of the galactic barrier. And so I'm, well, I'm trying to see if I got the shot here. I'm struggling to find that, but I have the, I have the audio clip where, uh, Captain, I couldn't be happier to report that we're officially out of the galactic barrier, out of the Milky way and into extra galactic space. Extra galactic. Extra. extra galactic outer mm -hmm. galactic well it's i was talking about this last week uh the fact that i i do want star trek and this particular era of starfleet to to go extra galactic i think that you know i think we're gonna i think it's it's safe to say by the 32nd century as after they post burn but after i guess like spore drives will become more commonplace like getting around the galaxy won't be such a big deal right that the galaxy is maybe uh, a smaller place than it used to be but that there are there are billions of galaxies out there you know and i i like what they were doing with like we don't know what the species 10c they might the translator might work it might not it, it's you know we don't we can't even make any assumptions about what we're going to run into <clears throat> out there but this is very uh like the episode um q who where you know you're you've been introduced now to something more than than and, and you don't know that and not everybody's nice. It comes back to that whole thing. Not everybody's nice again. Dave, remember talking about the other night. 
Yeah, uh, well, that was uh, Archer, right? But when he, when that alien was like, "Can you help me um, solve? Like, can you give us warp drive so we can try to find a cure for our disease?" And he's like, "You might find when you get out there, not everyone's going to be so nice to you, and everyone's going to want to help you." Yeah, so much. So just, but he's desperate, that guy. So yeah, um, in that particular example, uh, ultimately uh, they decide they will tell the crew because, like, after they got through, they're like, "I'm going to go back to Earth and I'm going to go uh, water skiing across, you know, on the coast and I'm going to Hawaii." And it's just like, like Michael's like, "We got to tell them." Like, they're they're all reminiscing about home all at once for some reason, even though we, you know, it's. And they're all talking about the Pacific Rim. Like everywhere they want to go is Pacific Rim. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I guess nobody wanted to go to like new york that's where starley <laughs> academy is but yeah. yeah did she mention um was it uh queens or something like that like um i thought it was detmer or one no it was it was um the blonde one uh what's her name uh lieutenant commander nilsen she was mentioning astoria queens i thought mm-hmm. like the astoria coast oh she was okay i'm sorry i thought she was talking about astoria or oregon or somewhere or maybe it was i don't know yeah i so yeah you might be right but maybe they went to starley academy that's on the west coast you know, maybe they're more West Coast crew. I don't know. Um, but ultimately, they decide they are going to tell. And, um, and you know, and even after, so Michael kind of defers to the president here, to Relic, to give this news. Um, you know, and, and she later says, you know, we could have, like, kind of done it in tandem, right? We could have done this, you know, and uh, she says, you know, but you're my, you are my president, too. Uh, Michael so. is a master of giving credit when it's due. And, yep. right. and, allowing people to shine when she 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 could but she doesn't need to yeah by the way i I just loved this on relic this outfit she had on tonight much better than the other one she's been wearing like with the huge friggin' shoulders uh in the other episodes so do we decide that decide that she's part cardassian is that what we decided yes she's uh she's cardassian bajoran and human yeah so that's great makeup Mm -hmm. for sure uh and she says like hey like i got family back on earth like you know like it's it, there's there's i have an emotional connection to this just like everyone we're all in this together yeah here's the clip the clip we have received word that the dma has moved it is now days away from navarre titan and earth i love the music there Duh. So if, 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 if there wasn't enough urgency uh, already, there, there will be now. Uh, we mentioned the whole um, the lounge here and the scene with Saru and Tarina mm. here where he kind of com- comes to comfort her about, you know, because hey, I look, think. Look, at, look, look over uh, Saru's racial. Uh, right, oh, yeah. It's the, it's, 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 it's the Morn guy. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Having a drink, of course. Of course. You know, uh, again, I love the I love the fireplaces in this in this lounge, um, and yeah, like there's a vulnerability here. But I also like what I was kind of asking about Tarina earlier. You know, be, being whether she's Romulan or Vulcan. The only reason I bring up the distinction is because you know, gotta remember Romulus has been destroyed, and uh, in this in this timeline, versus in like the Chris Pine Kelvin timeline, it's the opposite. Romulus is, survives, and Vulcan gets destroyed. But um, you know that that they they the Vulcans and the and the Romulans came together. They reunited on Navarre Vulcan, which was renamed Navarre, and uh, and you know and now that that new home, if you're the Romulans, could is now also under threat. You know they could be they could be uh, refugees once again. 
uh, displaced uh, along with the, all the Vulcans, you know. So there's there's a, definitely like I felt as much as you know. Obviously, Earth is front of mind, being that we live on Earth and mm-hmm. we're humans. Uh, you know, this was definitely I felt like the the weight of it um, sort of towards the end. It, it was nice that they didn't just make it Earth. Like Earth is important and to us, yeah. and but bringing in other planets is important as well. I, I just think again, it, it it's it's a very Star Trek thing to do, and they should do it. Right. Um, yeah, I just like kind of like, yeah, a little bit of a, just a comforting moment here. Great, great visuals. I love the way they frame some of these shots. Very pretty. Very well done. Uh, cinematography wise. And, and then we kind of get this whole like shot here. Um, I which I really liked as well to kind of close out the episode where we have Michael Burnham and the president, like kind of looking out the window, um, to, you know, and then there's this whole transition here that you know, as they kind of go out the window, I love it. Like just seeing this, like this pull out shot here, and they do this so well. Like they did again tonight when they spun when the Enterprise was spinning, or the Enterprise the Discovery was spinning around, spinning around, yeah. And and you came in to see the bridge where yeah, the sparks they, were falling from the, the Yeah, there was that whole thing where you, and you yeah. see Detmer kind of trying to keep the ship going. And and know. last week with the um, the shuttle up against the window and they were looking right at each other and talking. And yeah, yeah, they do some fun things with this. Like they they shoot it in new ways, in new interesting ways. Uh, you ways know, that we've like, never seen before in old Trek. No. So I, I appreciate yeah. all of this stuff. And it's you know with the technology that we have now, obviously we can do this. No, it's yeah. great. You know, like the show looks beautiful. Like oh, we yeah. talked about how, how expensive it looks and things like that. So that's uh, really nice. And so anyway, that's the that's the end of the episode. Like uh, Adam was saying earlier, like yeah, I feel like I was like, oh, I kind of want to know what happens next, but that's kind of the point. They want us to come back in a week's time and find out what's going on. Except next week's also Picard is coming in, right? We got Star Trek Picard uh, starting next week too. So yep. there's a lot to. To, you know, Survivor starts next week, so it's gonna be busy. There's TV is starting to amp up, so I'm kind of like, but and I want. I, we've been following this since what, like October, right? Like this this whole uh, season four. So there's, um, I, I I am feeling a little bit anxious about it, but it, overall I am enjoying it. I think it's ultimately gonna come down to that was the badge that uh, that uh, COVID had. Yes, yes. Okay, that's what you meant. Yes. Okay, so that badge. And it is from Picard. It says right there, Picard. Oh yeah, Star Trek full size builds a pin. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it's from it's from that era. Yeah. Um, nice little uh, Easter egg there, guys. Well, uh, that that batch design really comes from all good things, like oh, originally. I don't remember that. Sorry. Uh, you know what? So that's the episode where Picard is. That's the finale of original of Next Generation, where he's jumping through the different timelines. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you, and and so in the future timeline, you know, where, where him and Beverly Crusher are divorced, and what all that, all and she's Jennifer's, captain of the pasture. Yeah, the pa- captain Picard of the pasture. Like yes. they're all wearing that kind of that combat design, and all, later on when they did like Janeway, uh, when future Janeway comes back at the in the Voyager finale, she's yeah. wearing that same combat as well. So they 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 brought that I, kind of a modified, slightly modified version for Picard, uh, but because right. it takes place in the same era as, right as, as those timelines just thought it was interesting kovich had that yeah it was like well i guess a combat would be a translator but like their modern combat just would be way more advanced than that yeah. by like so centuries. what are we saying here michael i don't know 
Okay. What's, what's the crossover? Are we getting Picard? Is he coming on the show? No, he's no. like, I don't know anything. I can't tell you. Okay. Um, are there any fun facts that we haven't touched on? I, oh, I my think goodness. We have, I can't find any, uh, if, if you can. But uh, if not, uh, you know, we already told you about, uh, you know, uh, Nutcracker. I love you. You know, he was also, remember, do you guys see Best in Show ever? I've, no, I haven't seen it. No, no it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Is that the same, same actor, though? Is he in it? Christopher Guest. He's a, he, Christopher Guest and, uh, oh my God, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, I know those actors, but you know who her husband. Oh, jeez, SCT. I'm tired tonight too. SCTV guy, Shit's Creek. Oh, uh, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. They were all in this movie, and it's about a dog show. Anyway, he's in it as well. So I, I, I just remember that it's worth watching. <laughs> okay. You got to see it. Hilarious movie. I will. I will for sure. Okay, let's get to ratings uh, and uh, and how we want to uh, put this on this for episode ten. Let's the Galactic Barrier. What do we think? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I give this. Uh, I give this a nine. A solid nine. That was good. Nine. Nine for for Michael. Nines all around. Nine, even nines. Uh, actually, not with us. We'll have to get her rating at a later time. Now, uh, I did check the IMDb very early this morning. It was sitting at a four point nine. Has that changed? Um, no, it's up to five point eight, guys. So it has it has improved. Uh, oh, get so, that. Uh, there's just some haters out there. Uh, also, um, Deborah Campmeyer. She was the director. I don't think I've seen that name before. Uh, in the episode written by Anne Kofel Saunders. And I don't know, like who specifically. It's more ensemble. I wouldn't say this is any anybody's one feature episode. A different uh, story. Galactic Barrier. The Galactic Barrier was the feature. So, so the the average tonight, of course, is a nine, um, and the average for this whole season st- is, is hanging around uh, pretty well. Eight point four overall. So yeah, we've been enjoying this uh, quite a bit. Uh, we'll be back in one week's time to talk about episode 11. Um, and as we mentioned, three more to go this year and this season. So uh, I, they, they don't release the titles in advance, so I don't know what that episode will be called. Episode 53, that's the one we'll be talking about on March 3rd, 2022. Okay, so I think that's it um, for the episode, unless we've missed anything or anything you just wanted to touch upon. Um, also check out on Monday nights here on live long and podcast. We talk about star Trek enterprise. We've been going through all those episodes in order, just kind of started not too long ago. Uh, we're up to like episode 13, I think now of the first season. I do that with Adam Woodward and Jody Simpson and, uh, and Kevin Millard, uh, Adam, not be able to make this next Monday. So Davin Skelhorn coming in to talk about the next episode with us. Good old dad, Gavin. Davin. Yeah. He's doing, uh, we're doing sleeping dogs. Uh, that's the next enterprise episode we're talking about. Also, on Tuesday night, Star Trek D Space Nine Rewatch podcast continues. Uh, we, got a, we got a really good one coming up next Tuesday. We just talked about uh, the Trials and Tribulations, the one where they went back to the original series the other night uh, and had that crossover with the Trouble with Tribbles. But uh, next Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about Let He, is Without, Let he Who is Without Sin, the episode where Worf and Dax and Quark and Lita and Bashir, I believe, they all go to Ryza. Um, mm-hmm. which kind of ties in well with Tarka being the only r- kind of 
significant Rysian character, except for the one that's in that episode, which is uh, which is Arandis, as played by Vanessa Williams, uh, former Miss America, and uh, uh, we share the same birthday, uh, her and I. Uh, so yeah, so we can talk about Rysians. And what sign is that, Dave? Pisces. <laughs> Pisces power. <laughs> Recognize. Yeah. Um, also. Oh, Next week we gotta we gotta find a way to talk about Star Trek Picard at some point because that is starting. That's coming out the same day as, as Discovery. I think we have to prioritize Discovery uh, because we've been going. But uh, gotta find a way to talk about Picard, the newest episode, sometime next week uh, after it airs. I'm gonna be doing that with Jody and and Adam, I believe. Um, and then on the fall that Saturday, we're to celebrate the beginning of season two of Star Trek. Um, Picard, we're going to be doing our next edition of Star Trek Radio Theater. We're doing the episode Hiding Q from the Next Generation's first season. This was the second appearance of Q on Next Generation. Um, yeah. And so he gave Riker the powers of the Q. He tempted him because they were trying to get him to join. Uh, it's a very bizarre uh, episode written by Gene Roddenberry, very uh, original series esque. And it, it's going to work really well. Uh, Michael Chan going to be playing Lieutenant Commander Data for this. His wife playing Lieutenant Tashi Yard, his wife Jessica. Uh, I'll be Picard for this. We got Jody Simpson coming in to play Q. Steve Shives coming to play Commander Riker. Um, and we got we got all the other crew uh, taking on uh, some of the you know the iconic roles we, we all love and uh, do. And then we got Ashley Millard going to be doing the narration for this one. This is. Uh, very, very kind of a different, uh, a different kind of a radio theater, but I think it's going to be a fun one. Okay. And then also check out Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, the channel which uh, I do with Jeff Mater and often with Jamil Robinson, where we talk about movies and TV uh, that's not related to Star Trek. Uh, we just finished wrapping up Celebrity Big Brother 3 the other night. We're going to be talking about Survivor Season 42 is coming up uh, in March, and we'll be talking about that. Celebrity or Big Brother Canada 10 is starting up. Uh, and then Big Brother USA at uh, 24, I believe, will be after that. Uh, so there's always Big Brother going on, Survivor Seasons. We talk about Marvel, including the, we, did, we did one about Hawkeye not that long ago last month. We're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and Moon Knight when those come out in the near future. And uh, Westworld, Season 4 on the horizon as well. And uh, Trivial Debates, we have a monthly show. That's our third channel where we argue about movies, TV, sports, and a game show format. We got Jeff Mader hosting this Sunday, February 27th at 10 in the morning. We got Jody Simpson, Jamil Robinson, and Max Duda competing. Uh, we got hey, some Jamil. great questions in this one. What's that? Oh, go Jamil. You're going for Team Jamil. Um, I I don't know who I, I I'm not going for anybody. I, I I'll be producing this and we'll try to stay objective. Although no no one for sure is cheering for Max. That's what we know for sure. So uh, uh, and I I have this verified. So check that out this Sunday on Trivial Debates. Uh, where, okay. And one more thing, Dave. I'm joining uh, Davin tomorrow night again to talk oh. about to talk about. Uh, uh, the episode, basically, where, where Starfleet would have been if Q, Q did not introduce the Enterprise to the, to the Borg. Okay. Yeah. And if the Borg had just caught up, like, because the Borg right. were coming anyway, right? They're like, coming anyway, so, but it gave them a heads up. Yeah. So, so yeah. we're taking basically what we were talking about last week on the trivia and uh, expanding on that, that one question, because we found it quite, quite fascinating and not enough time, so. 
that's good. That's good. Yeah. So Davin Skelhorn, he's uh, my cousin. He has his own Star Trek YouTube and podcast uh, called uh, Le- uh, Locuters of Trek, uh, which uh, sounds like you're going to be on tomorrow night. Uh, they do a whole bunch of different fun things over there. And they do another one uh, that's separate from that called X-Men, the animated series rewatch, also known as X-Rated. They just um, So him and uh, Davin and his uh, co-host Andre, they just did an interview with Eric and Julia Lewald, who were like the showrunners, executive producers of X-Men, the animated series. Uh, they did like a two, like about an hour and a half interview on their channel. It was uh, excellent. I, I would really recommend if you're a, a fan of that show or not. It was it just I learned a ton about like just I don't know behind the scenes animation, Hollywood, what goes into those shows, what were the considerations, what they could and couldn't do. Uh, it was really really well done. Uh, so definitely check out that over there on X X Men the animated series X rated. Uh, it's always a mouthful to get out. Um, and uh, and then. Michael, you have uh, your podcast, the Hellbound Co- Podcast yes. with Alex Blackburn. Every single Wednesday, we uh, talk about horror, everything horror. This week's episode was a special one. We uh, re-released an old podcast from, actually, was it? We had a YouTube show, or Alex had a YouTube show called uh, for his festival, but uh, he interviewed Alex Proyas, who wrote and directed the uh, the Crow. So we released that this week as an interview for Hellbound, uh, but we'll be coming back. This coming week. Okay. And do you, and do you know what you're talking about next yet? Nope. No. No. Okay. Well, hey, uh, I love horror too. And, uh, you know, uh, keep keep scaring us with the with the Hellbound podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's all the plugs uh, for tonight. Thank you uh, both for joining me. And we're, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing where episode 11 takes us uh, next week. Uh, lots kicking up for March. And uh, and I think that's it. Let's uh, we can go out on a quote here, maybe you know. Um, let's 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 go out on the uh, the confirmation bias uh, from from our from uh, Doctor Harai. Let's, let's go. Confirmation bias. He's saying the universal translator's been so successful because we tend to look for and find what's familiar to us, species that communicate verbally, for example. Since we know nothing about the Tensi, it's Naive to assume the translator would even work. Oh, thank you.